Hey, this is Victor from Guys in Shorts FC. Just a quick um, update or warning. Uh, the audio in this episode, unfortunately, is not up to uh, the best of our standards. Unfortunately, we had some audio um, issues and we had to go to our emergency backup. And our emergency backup uh, does not obviously sound as good as I sound right now. You'll hear that in the next few seconds. So um, please, again, just know that uh, we had to go to our emergency backup and normally our audio uh, is a lot better than what you're going to hear. But we felt like we had a lot of great things to say and we wanted to push out this episode anyways. Uh, we'll be back next week with our normal sounding selves. Without further delay, Guys in Shorts FC. Welcome to Guys in Shorts FC, presented by Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles. On this week's show, we will be talking LAFC following up their inaugural win with an absolute drubbing of Real Salt Lake. Are they fake That's news? That's a good word. Oh, are they fake news? Or are they the Real Deal? Or the Real Deal? See what I did there? Real <laughs> did. Salt Lake, good. fake news. Yeah, I, this yeah. is what you get when you come to Guys in Shorts FC. <laughs> All that, plus the LA Galaxy leave a trail of bodies behind in New York after a visit <laughs> to a quaint little soccer field trapped inside of a baseball stadium. So without further ado, I am Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Victor Castello. Woohoo! Oh, what, what, what a great woohoo. Top-notch woohoo from you there. I've been working on it all day. <laughs> Just a quick little plug. If you like that intro music, it is provided by friends of the show and local Long Beach band, Brewfish. You can find their music on most streaming platforms and find out what they're up to on Twitter and Instagram at Brewfish Music, or you can check them out on their website, brewfishmusic.com. So thanks to them for providing yeah. our intro music. Seriously. You can actually, on the liner notes, too, I included links to uh, their website and stuff, so you can also click there. If you want to make a loop as you're holding your phone and you're listening to us, if you want to. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's why you're here, Vic. You always think of the little details <laughs> to fix everything. <laughs> All right, so let's let's jump in to the deep end here. So last week, we kind of broke down the format of the show where we basically said we're going to re- recap the games of the week with your Los Angeles soccer teams, give a story of the week or a guest of the week. We I think we dubbed it the vignettes of the week. Yes. Uh, and then we give, uh, you know, our signature bold prediction. So this week, you know, we're going to, since we're still a little wet behind the ears, we're going to kind of spice things up and we're actually going to open up with our vignettes first. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we'll jump into our recap and our, our bold predictions and then trademark guys in Schwartz Inc. Uh, for bold predictions. If you're, if you're listening there. Um, <laughs> so, so we're going to save those for the end and we're going to kind of kick off with our story of the week. So Vic, kick us off with your story of the week. Well, my my story is, uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of known as the stats guy, and uh, I, I kind of named, kind of, just a little bit. <laughs> I named my vignette of the week uh, a simple, easy title. I just called it Numbers. And uh, <laughs> to be to be quite honest, one of the reasons why I did that was because it's really hard to find great stories on LASD because they hardly existed. <laughs> um, but, but I found a cool article that kind of gave. Uh, an idea of how numbers played a, a, a role in this weekend's 
demolishing of uh, that little place <laughs> in uh, in Utah. Um, so we're going to go ahead and go over these numbers. There, there you go. <laughs> All right, we're going to start off with the number five, which should be quite obvious if you know what the score <laughs> was of the game. Uh, the number five uh, was actually, you know, the number of goals scored in Saturday's game. Uh, no big surprise at the club record for the most goals scored, seeing as how it's their second game. <laughs> and uh, But here's a quick little tidbit. The uh, Real Salt Lake had never given up five goals at home before in its entire history. Wow. This that is an, up, right. Yeah, that's an, an interesting stat. Yeah. And it's this little startup uh, team uh, here on the West. Uh, take care of that for them. Now we're going to talk about the number three. Only three expansion teams in MLS history have started with consecutive victories. You have the 1998 Chicago Fire and the 2009 Seattle Sanders, and finally our 2018 LAFC, Los Angeles Football Club, if you're wondering. Let's go on to number eight. On Saturday, LAFC snapped Real Salt Lake's eight-game home winning streak that dated back to June 30th of last season. Which is pretty crazy. Well, that's it, surprising because when I think of Real Salt Lake, especially in recent years, I don't think of a, a you know a powerhouse uh, of a franchise. <laughs> so, so the, the fact that they had that much of a, a home winning streak is, is pretty, quite impressive. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to give them too much credit because they they are Real Salt Lake. They are, and let's be honest, there were some ties <laughs> in there. They just didn't lose. So, ah, um, the world famous, yes, the world famous. Yeah. <laughs> but how about this? Um, that was actually the first loss at home for, as a home opener for the team. They've never lost a home opener, which actually surprised me when I found that out. Wow. That was like, oh, all right. Well, let's move on. Two. <laughs> Stephen Abedashore actually becomes the first player in LASD, which again, is only two games, to have two assists in the match. So good for him. Proud of him. He's a defender, which we'll t- I'll talk about that a little bit later too, about how they're, they seem to be playing, uh, to get the, you know, the ball up to the front here. And uh, LASB joins the 1998 Chicago Fire as the only two expansion teams in MLS history to win the first two games on the road, which is kind of cool when you think about yeah. it. And then yeah. you have to yeah, get used to that. Continue that. <laughs> yeah, that stadium <laughs> it's not getting built any faster. Yeah. Would it suck if they lost their home opener, if they you know, do so well on the road and then come home and <laughs> change up the funny. place? Yeah. <laughs> if you, you get accustomed to playing on the road, it's almost... Playing a home game would be like an away game because it's out of their yeah. comfort zone. Yeah. All right. And the final number that we're going to talk about is 11. And this is – I'm going to come back to this number again in, in the recap of the game. But uh, LAFC had 11 shots on target against uh, – we'll just call them RSL for now because we all say yeah. well, it's probably <laughs> too, long to, too long to say. But 11 shots on target. Yeah, and I definitely want to come back and talk about that because in the first two games, they – yeah, we'll talk about it. No, yeah, but but that's a great step because I think a lot of people say, well, 11 shots, isn't that pretty normal? But the on target is the key word there because, yeah. you know, teams take tons of shots per game, but on target, you usually see it hover around four or five. That's kind of a normal number. So 11 shots on target is, is pretty spectacular. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. All right, and there's my uh, vignette called that's it. Numbers. That's it. Oh, very good. Nice. It had a very, yeah, you had a very Sesame Street vibe to it. You know, a little oh, count. Yeah, but number eight. Oh, 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 oh. 
Oh, well, then you just you just made my night there. <laughs> I think that might be a recurring segment with you. Yeah, I like it. All right. So for, for my story of the week, you know, because we're fair and balanced, you know, we had an LAFC story by the numbers. And then my story is going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be L.A. Galaxy centric. And I'm going to talk about some L.A. Galaxy heroes. And it's not the ones who play on the field. Uh, this past week, while departing for New York City on Friday night, the LA Galaxy team flight had to be rerouted after a passenger suffered a med- medical emergency on board. About an hour into their flight, Oka Nikolov, which is the Galaxy goalkeeper coach, noticed an unconscious and unresponsive young pregnant woman on the flight. Uh, the flight attendant came to check on the woman. She called for a code red. Uh, Galaxy trainers Ivan Piera and Cesar Roldan they jumped into action and they helped revive the woman. Uh, you know, fortunately, there was also a doctor on the plane. Her name was Jennifer Ashton. She That's also helped crazy, treat, treat the woman uh, as the flight was being rerouted. And, and you know, what what a crazy thing to happen after you know you're on yeah. the way on the way to the game, about an hour into the flight, and then this crazy commotion. I, who can imagine what this must have been like? You know, on the flight to see this happen. So Ashton, yeah. who was the, the doctor. Uh, she stated later that the woman didn't have a pulse when they started assisting her, but wow. the team trainers, they worked to keep her airway open while the doctor performed uh, chest comp- compressions until they could detect a heartbeat. It took about 30 minutes for the woman wow. to regain consciousness. And, and the quick actions of the Galaxy staff and then the physician on board, they were, they were crucial to saving her life. And when you think about it, and, you know, a little background on Victor and myself, we worked, uh, you know, parks and recreation, yeah. And we have our, our CPA, CPR training, you know, pretty often. And, and it's, yeah. uh, it shows how important those life skills are because 30 minutes is a long time, but those chest compressions keep that heart beating and the fact that they were able to get her to regain consciousness and, and the fact that she was pregnant on top of it. That's I mean, crazy, wow. dude. Yeah, wow. What a story. What a story. So, yeah. unfortunately, you know, she, there was, she was able, she was okay in the end. She was able to regain consciousness before they, uh, had their landing in Las Vegas. Uh, so after about a 90-minute delay in Las Vegas, the flight finally resumes back on the path to New York City. And the plane, you know, this is a surprising to me. They only arrived two hours after they were originally scheduled. So, Whoa. you know, just a minor minor little detail, <laughs> sitting back, saving someone's last life that only set them back two hours. So that's yeah, they turned on the afterburners there, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty impressive. And, and then the crazy part, another crazy part of this story is that Ivan Pierre said that this was the fifth time that he's assisted passengers no. in flight medical emergencies. So no you know, way. I don't I don't know whether he's you know the the kiss of death that if you see him like there's going to be a medical emergency or if, you know he's the angel because he's going to be able to save someone's life. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna you know shift towards the side of of the angel because you know yeah. he did some great work to help out. Yeah. So that that's my vignette of the week. Before any um, game action kicked off and the MLS action kicked off for the LA Galaxy. They already had some heroes, so a huge shout out to Oka Nikolov for noticing the woman, Cesar Roldan, Ivan Pure I mean, for being the heroes of the game before the game even started. Let, let's be honest here. Well, two things, let's be honest. That could have been part of the reason for a little bit of a letdown at the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, when you're I, saving I, somebody's life, it's, it's kind of hard to top that, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> And, and to keep your mind focused on the game. Yeah, totally. Yeah, when I, totally, when I saw, totally, totally. Yeah, when I saw this story, uh, it actually the story came out Friday night. So I also want to credit Kevin Baxter of the LA Times. He was kind of my source material. 
for bringing me that story. But when I, uh, when I read that story, I thought, and this is a terrible way of thinking, but, but you know, that's me. That's how I think. Uh, I thought events like this are almost like a team of destiny type things. Like, well, the galaxy saved someone's life. So they're clearly going to, this is going to fuel them and they're going to win the game five zero, you know, because they're just going to be riding high after saving someone's life. But in reality, you know, <laughs> traveling to New York is a long flight. It's cross country plus the yeah. exhaustion of having to be rerouted. So, you know, we're going to get into the game recap. You can't blame it on this. There's no way you can blame it on this, especially given the way the Galaxy played. But you have to think maybe, you know, an inkling well, of a factor, you know, a little bit of the stress, a little bit of the exhaustion with dealing with this issue may have had an impact on the game. Uh, I don't know how much you could really count it, but it's it's worth mentioning at the very least. Well, let me mention it because I want to give you my number two. All right, here we go. So number we go. two, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Eric. If you had landed in Vegas and were not <laughs> let out of the plane to go visit Vegas, would you not be a little bit frustrated? You know me, Victor. You've known me long enough to say. That would, that would drive me crazy on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, that, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm just going to throw that out there. The team was in Vegas. They, they could see it from their plane. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. I'm just saying. You never Fair know. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? <laughs> That's why you're on the show, Vic. You always bring thoughtful insight like that. So thank I you. I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was it. Those are our vignettes. Short and sweet. To the point. So I think we're ready to get into some game recaps. So yeah. we're kind of trading off. So I'll, I'll, do you want to trade off uh, and kick us off with some LASD or do you want me to Keep the galaxy train rolling. Yeah, keep the galaxy train rolling. Yeah. You know what? I like I like the way you think. We'll, we'll <laughs> talk about the galaxy because we know, you know, obviously if you're listening and you're an LA Galaxy fan, you probably know how the game turned out. Uh, yeah. So we'll end on a high note with those guys across town. So, yeah. uh, LA, the LA Galaxy versus NYCFC or New York City Football Club. Club. The LA Galaxy lost two one. So that's it. On to the next one, Vic. No, I'm just kidding. I'm only Hey Ben. I'm only <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the recap that you're gonna hear on the flagship show. Uh, when that comes out later this week. Um but I just need to start off first and foremost, the field. I tweeted out right as the game started that NYCFC should be absolutely ashamed of that postage stamp that they call a field inside of Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I, I, I know it's not a hot take. I know you know it's an old argument but it really cannot be emphasized enough that that field is an absolute joke and it makes for some horrendous soccer to watch. It's not fun to watch, no. you know, two teams play on, on a field like that. So, you know, it, it, it's it's an old argument. We know they're going to be playing in Yankee Stadium, but every time I see a game in Yankee Stadium, I have to just comment on, on how terrible that field is. You know, I, I joked uh, on Twitter, I said, you know, the Galaxy should host NYC next season at the Staples Center on the basketball court. That way, NYCFC, <laughs> they know what it's like to play in a dwarf field. That's to come be out of their element. But, uh, you know, upon further review, I think the Staples Center court was actually full, four yards bigger. So, yeah, you would have been. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that also, see my Lakers update on the flagship show. Guys in short sports. Oh, I can't wait. Shameless plugs. <laughs> so that's before the game even started. I was already worked up and angry, and then the game started, <laughs> and uh, so a little bit of back and forth. NYC kicked off scoring in the 22nd minute, 
Anton Tenerhold, you know, great name, <laughs> smashed home a full volley into the top of the net after the Galaxy were caught sleeping on a David Villa run that kicks things off. Siani did his best to get a foot on it, but Tenerholm was right there with just an absolute ruthless strike, you know, hit underneath the crossbar, just smashed at home. Nothing David Bingham could have done, especially after they, you know, looked like they made an initial stop. But uh, it looked like Shelvik was the one who didn't follow up on Tenerholm to, to who smashed that in. A few short minutes later after that, Ola Kamara, he missed a chance to equalize. You know, great individual effort by Sebastian Majet. He set him up, and he just couldn't get it past uh, NYC keeper Sean Johnson. And you have to mention Sebastian Majet. Uh, he had a solid outing. Uh, he started this game in, in place of the injured Roman Alessandrini. So Sebastian Majet cutting off uh, a, a horrific uh, foot injury after playing with the men's national team. So they were the Galaxy was kind of working them back to health. He was not expected to be starting two games into the season, but all things considered, I think he had a solid outing. So he had a great individual effort, showed some on-the-ball skill that I think the Galaxy seriously lacks. And he set up uh, Kamara, but Kamara, Kamara just couldn't make it happen. Uh, shortly after that, NYC came with a second goal in the 33rd minute off a counterattack where Jesus Medina just bolted on the run. He set up a shot where uh, David Bingham came up big with a save. But David Villa just made them pay on the rebound. Uh, I mentioned last week that the Portland game could have also swung a, a lot differently in the Galaxy's home opener. But Portland right. didn't capitalize on those Galaxy mistakes that they made defensively. Uh, and this wasn't much different. The Galaxy made very similar, had a very similar performance defensively in the first half. But Tenor Holmes' volley was just absolutely perfect. And David Villa isn't going to miss a freebie. So NYC FC just completely took advantage uh, of those Galaxy mistakes and made them pay. So uh, all considering the play, how it went, two goals, I think, was was fair to give NYCFC after they did it. And, and speaking of David Villa, also after watching the game, uh, Kobe Jones was one of the announcers on the game, and he kept self-correcting. He was saying David, and then he said, I'm sorry, David <laughs> Villa. And he was obviously prepping for the game, and it was kind of funny because, you know, he was tripping up and trying to say it correctly. But Kobe... We're in America. We can call him David. Who cares? If someone's yeah. going to get mad at you for calling him, you know, David instead of David Villa, you know, no one's going to care. They, they can go kick rocks. You have my permission, Kobe. Just call him David. He's David Villa. Who cares? We're in New yeah. York. Yeah, he's, he's Kobe Hones anyway, so he can do it. Kobe, he he's Kobe Cojones is who he is. Yeah. That's what we're going to yeah. call him. <laughs> so um, before the end of the half, then that's when the bodies started to pile up. Uh, Michael Ciani pulled up lane right before halftime. He was replaced by Daniel Stairs. Giovanni Dos Santos was holding his hamstring towards the end of the first half. He was subbed at the half and replaced by Servando Carrasco. So, uh, you know, the bodies and the injuries continue to pile up for the Galaxy. In the second half, we actually saw a much better performance from the Galaxy. The team kind of battled back. They were able to get a goal back with Jonathan Dos Santos sneaking one past NYCSB. Uh, but ultimately, it wasn't enough. Uh, the game also ended with a controversial second yellow to Ashley Cole, uh, just to add insult to injury. And the game ended 2-1 to one with Ashley Cole now missing the next game, Giovanni Dos Santos up in the air with his hamstring uh, strain, Siani up in the air. So who knows? The bodies are piling up, red cards are piling up, and we're only in game two of the season. That's crazy. MLS is back! <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so right now we have the Galaxy get a home win where maybe 
they outkicked their coverage and they lost on the road against the David Villa-led um, NYC team, which I don't think anyone, um, except for me, after I read that article, thinking the Galaxy was going to win after saving someone's life. But I don't think anyone, you know, was going to be upset that the Galaxy lost this one. They they, they could have made some things happen, but uh, NYCFC capitalized on their uh, on their chances. So my final take is Giovanni Dos Santos. Gio is absolutely being blasted by the Galaxy faithful on social media, and it begs an interesting question, because last season, there was a game against the Chicago Fire where Jermaine Jones, or the one who shall not be named, I don't know what our uh, official stance <laughs> on Jermaine Jones is, but he got injured at the in the first half of the Chicago Fire game. And then in the second half, the Galaxy played an inspired second half and went on to go on an unbeaten streak um, you know, on the road without Jermaine Jones. So the reason that I bring that up is now that Gio went out at the half and the Galaxy seemed to play an inspired second half, is the Galaxy a better team without Giovanni Dos Santos? Hmm. And just the, just the fact that that's a, a question when your highest paid player, your designated yeah. player, the person who's supposed to be your star, and the question can honestly be posed, is the team better without him? That's a really scary thing. That's a really scary yeah. thing. What do you think? What are your thoughts on, uh, you know, my dad calls him the princessa. What do you think of Gio? Uh, I've never really liked him, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, a U.S. national team bias. <laughs> I, I've never liked his style of play. I just, uh, he, he seems to be able to fool people with half flashes of brilliance. And people tend to latch on to that. But I mean, as, I mean, even just as a teammate, I don't, I don't like, I don't see people rallying around him. I don't see people, you know, backing him up. I, I don't see him he, rallying people either. Yeah. And he doesn't try to rally people either. And his play on the field has been mediocre at best. So I, I, I'm happy for you guys to see what, what this is going to bring, honestly. <laughs> I'm yeah. hoping that it brings a spark. Whoever, you know, comes in uh, is, is trying to, you know, prove themselves. And, yeah, uh, yeah I hope you guys find this uh, a blessing in disguise very soon. Yeah, and and we're going to get a real look at it because if he is out for an extended period of time, we'll see someone else pair. And if he does get called up for the Mexican national team, then the question is if still. If he does get called up, then we'll see what they're like without him as well. So it is a very interesting question and an interesting conundrum that the galaxy is in. And I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna quote one of my favorite movies, Office Space. And I'm gonna say, what exactly is it that you do here, Gio? Um, <laughs> I, I, is he a forward? Is he a midfielder? You know, I was yeah. speaking yeah. to my dad after the game, and, and the Galaxy doesn't have an engine in the middle. You know, you could say on the roster that technically they have tons of midfielders, but there's really no one in there who could create. I think Sebastian Legere was probably the closest, but he was on the wing as someone who showed on the ball talent who can create. But the Galaxy doesn't have that, you know, Cienfuegos type, that, um, you know, guy in the middle who's going to make things happen. And, and Gio, I think, is supposed to be that guy, but he wants, to me, he plays like a forward. He wants to be pushed up front, but he's not really getting back to set things up either, but he's not scoring the goals. So what is it that you do, Gio? I, I don't I don't quite see what he brings to the team, and that's, that's really, it's really unfortunate um, because I think the Galaxy still need a center mid, a creating center mid, even with all the midfielders that they already have. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So the Galaxy drops to one and one 
still three points. It's still an early season, but that's where they're at right now, coming off a tough loss to New York City. Yeah. Hey, Eric, I have a question for you. All right. How's that Giuffi guy doing? Oh, don't give me that. <laughs> you know what? I'm happy for Giuffi. I am, I am team Giuffi 100%. I, I am happy to see him scoring goals. I'm happy to see him doing well. I'm glad that, you know, he went, he went somewhere to someone who loves him. I think, I, I don't know go. if I said it, I don't know if I said it on this show or if I, it was just a tweet that I did. So Giuffi is, uh, that girlfriend who you broke up with, who you know you did wrong, so you're just happy that she was able to find love somewhere else and that everything's okay. It's like, you know what? I messed up. I, I did you wrong. So, so if you're out there, you found love, you, you're doing good for yourself, I'm actually secretly happy for you because you deserve better than what I could have done for you. So uh, that, that's Jossie. Jossie's my, uh, my ex-girlfriend that I'm very happy for. Yeah, You're a good man, Billy Brown. Yeah. I was going to say my wife will uh, take that to the psychologist and really analyze <laughs> my love for Jossie. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. I'm going to kick it back to you, LAFC. Hit us with the house. All right. Well, here we go. LAFC. It really was. Kind of scared me there a little bit. (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's uh, let's jump on the bandwagon of LAFC over here. Uh, Nobody saw this coming. Absolutely nobody saw this coming. Yeah, no way. Uh, And and if you did, uh, you're just, you're kidding yourself that you actually saw it coming. Uh, you know what's funny? Okay, here's here's kind of what I wanted to go over is that you know the score is five to one, right? But um, again, if you go and look at the stats of the game, they didn't dominate this game as the five to one score would show. Uh, they did. They only had possession of the ball forty percent of the time. Uh, the passing accuracy they lost in every single category compared to RSL, uh, including crosses. Um, and yet, they're able to get five goals. And you're like, how does that happen? Well, let me explain that to you. So in my numbers little vignette, I talked about how they had 11 shots on goal, right? And in the handy-dandy MLS app, it gives you a shot accuracy uh, grid or guide. It shows, like, the, you know, the 18-yard box, the 6-yard box, and it shows you where the shots landed. And that number, 11, could have been way higher. They had hardly any shots they took at the goal missed by much. I mean, every single one of their shots is within that six-yard box and almost halfway within that six-yard box. And if you look at the shot accuracy of RSL and um, uh, you know the, the week one game against Seattle, it's the same thing. All of their shots were pretty much on goal or near goal, and Seattle shots were everywhere. They were they were basically just firing away, and, and they couldn't find the back of that net. And so, with that, with, I mean, in two games, what that tells me at least is that the guys that are taking the shots know what they're doing. And as I was watching the game, and I think I told Eric this that uh, two things came came to mind, and it was dangerous and swag. <laughs> let me touch. Let me touch on swag first, so ladies and gentlemen. Victor hitting you with swag. That's right. They they in this game they played like they were coming off an MLS championship. Um, <laughs> they they owned the field. They might not have owned the field in stats, but they owned the field in swag. Where you you saw them know they they had that that look in their eye where they knew that they could beat this team, and there was no doubt in their mind that they could beat this team. 
and, and almost every player on the field had it. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing, if that's the players that they picked up. I, I don't know. But they definitely had this swag about them. And I'm sorry, Eric, this is the type of swag the Galaxy used to have that you haven't <laughs> yeah. seen in the past two years. Hey, I, I'll agree with you. Yeah. Um, and then dangerous, okay? It, they're set up, you know, they might have Urania, you know, as their forward, but he's not really <laughs> their forward, right? He's they're, a disruptor, yeah. He's a disruptor, right. Their, their game plan is pretty much to get the ball into either to Diego Rossi or Carlos Vela and let them work some magic, right? So they want to get that ball out of the back, you know, defensive third as fast as possible, get it to those guys, and then they have guys making diagonal runs once uh, these guys are able to uh, gather the ball, you know, in the middle of the field. And these diagonal runs are behind the defense. And I think two or three of these goals were exactly that. And it was the first goal last last week, too. Um, yeah, it's just uh, bam, bam, bam. And that's why they're dangerous, because you cannot play on your heels. Like, you, you're, you're going to be attacking them. And um, the only stat that I got right as far as the uh, – uh, you know, our predictions was that the defense was going to allow one goal and they were going to bend and not break. <laughs> Other than that, I didn't which, get anything right. Which, but, um, to which I'll go back to you. The one goal was a penalty, and Tyler yeah. Miller initially stopped it. So yeah. it could have mm-hmm. been zero goals. Yeah, when yeah was exactly. Yeah. Um, but they, I mean, if you let them have a crack at your, at your, at your goal, beware. Because they're going to bury it in the back of the net or they're barely going to miss. And they're going to keep coming at you, and they're going to keep uh, attacking that defense with these runs, these diagonal runs behind, and let these two guys work their magic. You know, it's 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 a pretty scary prospect because not only could they pass, they could score, right? These two guys. And um, I I think I mentioned. Go ahead. Sorry. And and first of all, I love the role you're on. You're going with numbers for your first part, and you're going with words. Very second part. So you you are an absolute beacon to the American education system with your uh, you know mathematical and language arts power. Um, and the world is not flat. I'm going to say that right now. You Y'all pissed me off with that. All right, go ahead. But you know the word that comes to mind when I think of them is efficient. Um, you know we talk about the galaxy making mistakes and someone like Davi Bia making them pay. If you make a mistake, Carlos Vela is going to make you pay. If you make a mistake. Right. Diego Rossi is going to make you pay. And and I think that, like you said, you know, the swag that they have, they just know that if, if they get a chance, they're going to, they're going to make you pay for it. So efficiency yeah. is the word that comes to mind. And, and going back to, word. yeah. And, and the play that you're talking about, how they're making the runs and, and, you know, either Vela or Rossi are going to be the ones that make you pay. I look at Carlos Vela and I talked about how the galaxy need a, a, a playmaker, a, a center mid who's a number 10. Carlos Vela is not, you know, a playmaking center mid. He, he traditionally, I think he's been used as a goal scorer. But Bob Bradley is utilizing him like a playmaker. He's playing him in the right. midfield as a number ten, and, and he has enough on the ball skill and enough confidence to where he's controlling the game. Everything that LAFC does goes through Carlos Vela. He got the final goal. Uh, he finally got the reward for all his hard work in the second game. But everything that they've done from the first goal in the first game against Seattle to that entire game in Real Salt Lake, Carlos Vela is the engine of that team. And sadly, you know, an engine that is missing from the LA Galaxy. The LA Galaxy is just a, a car frame. They don't actually have any guts <laughs> on the inside of that car. 
Yeah. You know, what's funny too is, um, one of the hard, and you, everybody who's listening has got to pardon me because I'm going to bring up defense a lot because that's pretty much all I played when I played club soccer. So <laughs> one of the hardest things about having to, a guy like Carlos Vela when you're, when you're on the defensive side of the ball is he can score. So even if he's playing an attacking midfield, you have to respect him. You have to know where he is on the field. And if he has the ball, you have to engage him. You can't let him just walk in. He, he's not a, a um, uh, a Valderrama who you can let play yeah. around because you know he's not going yeah, you know to no, take the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he will bury you if you give him enough space. And that's what opens up those those runs from behind, uh, those diagonal runs from behind. That's exactly what opens it up is you have to respect him as a goal scorer. And that is one of the hardest things that you have to do as, as, as a defender. Um, and so let, sorry, I'm just going to go grab my, my notepad here. So um, you're telling me as a defender, it's bad when the other guy can score goals. Yes. Okay, thank you. Just wanted to make sure I had that note correct. The U.S. Na- the US national team still hasn't got that concept. So. Yeah, yeah, they um, haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to. Uh, anytime Benny scores, I'm going to mention his name. I don't need to, you know, mention every goal that was scored, but Benny scored. So uh, one Put the of the Benny in the Jets. Exactly. I just love saying that name. But I also mentioned last week that you're going to hear the combination of Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela a lot this season. And in the last two goals, you had Diego Rossi score, assisted by Carlos Vela. And then the last one, you had Carlos Vela score, which you mentioned already, and it was assisted by Diego Rossi. So these two, uh, are, I mean, these two, if they continued the way that they're playing, and Diego Rossi is what? He just turned 20? He's um, <laughs> very young. Well, he's still a kid. He's still very young. Obviously, he still has things to learn, but it's obvious that he learned uh, a lot already. And these two, uh, I feel like I'm going to be constantly bringing up this year unless, you know, something drastic changes. But uh, great win by the team. Um, uh, looking forward to the rest of the season. I mean, <laughs> what, what, yeah. I don't, I don't I know you. what to expect. Yeah. <laughs> The one thing, because, uh, you know, because I'm going to keep it the guys in Trot's way and I'm going to crap on some of your points, Vic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is two games into the season. So let, let's keep in mind that this is super small sample size. Uh, granted, I do like what I see. The, the question that I think we may have could be depth because I think the starting 11 for LAFC is to play against any starting 11 and any other MLS club. But once Vela leaves for the Mexican national team, and again, that's not a question of if he is going to go. Um, once he leaves for the national team, maybe some injuries start piling up for LAFC. The, then the question becomes, how are they going to keep this trend rolling? I think Bob Bradley is a good coach, and he's a good tactician. He can make some things happen. But I don't know that they're going to be able to be firing on all cylinders like they have been for these first two games. So, again, that's the one question mark that I would give with LAFC. Going back to Diego Rossi, and again, given the fact, full disclosure, this is a very small sample size uh, in MLS, although he has proven successful um, back in his home country. I think he has the potential to be the first MLS player who gets sold to a big club either in Europe, um, you know, a, a big name, and actually blows up and becomes like a Luis Suarez type, a, a big name somewhere else. So he may be the first player where We'll look back and say, you know, the people in MLS helped develop this kid and put him on the map, and he went on to be a world-class um, finisher. Because I think he right, right. definitely has flashes of that potential, and he may be he may be that guy. Yeah, yeah. You never know. We'll have to hey, wait. And, and I'm see. the LA Galaxy guy. 
<laughs> You're also well, a soccer guy, Eric. You're yeah, a soccer hey, guy. You know what? And I had that conversation because someone asked me about that this week, and I said, I am all for more soccer in our city and more soccer in our country. So, granted, I'm not an LAFC fan. I'm not going to try to fake the funk and act like I'm a fan. But I'm going, I'm going to want soccer to be successful in our country. And if we can have a superstar develop in Diego Rossi and have Carlos Vela setting him up on a platter and, and be able to witness that, you know, like LeBron James, we are all witnesses. Just to be able to be, you know, in the presence of it is pretty cool. Right. No, yeah, I hear you. All right, so that wraps up our game recaps. I think we kept it under 40 minutes this week. So King's show, that's for you. You guys can suck it. Um, <laughs> uh, the the fun thing about uh, our final segment, which is our predictions for the next week, is we don't have to be too bold. Our predictions for next week <laughs> are that no LA team will lose next weekend. I can guarantee you that oh, because the LA sure. Galaxy are off. Wow, and, L- and LAFC are off. They are off until <laughs> March 24th for the LA Galaxy. That's when they resume play against the Vancouver Whitecaps in BC Place in Vancouver. So we're going to hold off on our prediction because there's so many injuries and it's up in the air. I don't think it's fair to make a prediction just yet. So next week's episode, we'll probably have a little more information to give you the bold prediction. And LAFC are actually off for two weeks. They don't come back until March 31st when they play the Los Angeles Galaxy. Battle for Los Angeles is what I've seen it dubbed as. That's my favorite of of those. I don't want to call it the Cali Classico or LA Classico or Super Classico. I think Battle for Los Angeles is just straight up how it is. There's some cool artwork that you shared. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, you found some artwork, I think, on Reddit with uh, Rage Against Against the Machine, Battle for Los Angeles. Yeah, and just some good memories. I sent that to you. Like a few days ago. I'm old. I don't remember that nonsense. <laughs> you don't know what you ate for lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, all right. So the LA teams are off next week, but we are not off next week. We'll likely be back with some content for you. Uh, obviously, we won't have the game recaps, but we may have our vignettes. We're going to be looking to get some guests. We have a few things uh, in the works, so listen to us uh, next week. Anything you want to add, Vic? Um, no, just... Uh... We'll uh, continue to do our best to uh, give you, you know, the news and the stats and everything else that uh, you guys want to hear. If you have any suggestions, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, let us know what you think of the show, what we could do better. We're always, you know, we're always open to suggestions and uh, looking forward to seeing if we can't get a guest uh, next week. Nice. So you heard the man. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at GIS Soccer Show to catch up with all things Guys in Shorts FC. You can also catch us on Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles, our Los Angeles sports podcast where we dig deep into all Los Angeles sports. Uh, so that's our flagship show. You can find us at Guys in Shorts LA. You can also find uh, our flagship show or Guys in Shorts LA on Instagram. They're at Guys in Shorts Sports. You can also find our sister shows if you're into the Los Angeles Kings and they are in a tight one here. See if they can possibly squeeze into the playoffs. You can follow our friends at King's Realm Pod, and that's our King's Realm Podcast, where they give you everything you need to know. So that is Guys in Shorts, FC, signing off for the week. We will see you next time. Peace. Oh, man, it's
scared me right now. I said, no SD card. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes, there is. 